three, two, one. Florida State and Mike Norvell complete the season, at least the regular season, undefeated 12-0. Florida State comes into a rowdy, very, very loud swamp and beat the Florida Gators 24-15. to We just got done talking to Mike Norvell alongside with Jared Verse, Trey Benson, Braden Fisk, and Tate Rodemaker. Backup quarterback, QB1 now. The new era begins with Rodemaker. He gets it done here in the swamp. It was an up-and-down kind of game from both sides of the ball, but eventually, though, Florida State's defense turned it on, and they were dominant there. The pass rush was everywhere. Braden Fisk, massive game alongside with Jared Verse. Uh, and then offensively, Trey Benson with a game-sealing touchdown run. Tate Rodemaker jumps out of the medical tent to make that play and create the handoff. Just all-stars making plays left and right, and that's exactly what Florida State needed to help Tate Rodemaker on this Saturday night. With me this evening is Austin Vizi, our lead basketball writer and game preview guy for football this season. And down below is Dustin Lewis, our editor-in-chief at NoGaming.com. Gentlemen, how are we doing Dustin, we'll go to you first because I think you'll agree with me here. It was a loud environment for a backup quarterback to get his second career start going against your arch rival. <laughs> he said Dustin. Is, is Dustin there? Dustin might have uh, had a hiccup here. So, BZ, you go first. I'll just – I'm going to get this out of the way first. This is a very emotional game for me, as I was talking about on Wednesday. Uh, I got some things I got to get off my chest. First of all, fuck Florida. Fuck Gainesville. Fuck Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. Fuck the Swamp. Fuck the Gators. Fuck Tom Petty. Fuck Orange and Blue. Fuck the fraternities and their bullshit signs on campus. Fuck those bullshit-ass ACC officials for that bullshit unnecessary roughness call, which is the same bullshit officials in that 2016 Clemson game. Fuck 95 Jamari Lyons for the for spitting on our player. Fuck 23 Jaden Hill for attempted murder on Tate. And most importantly, fuck Florida. I cannot stand this team. I cannot stand that university. Thank you. So there's your rant there. Um, good thing we don't have any sponsors for this podcast or this episode. Uh, that's a good thing. Uh, but yeah, man, I mean, Florida State, there were so many different things that didn't go in their favor. And then there were some, th some things that went, but it seemed like it was more on the side of, man, you know, Florida was coming out and trying to get some cheap shots here and there. I was just in shock how Tate Rodemaker got up from being squeezed between two defenders getting hit there. Um, and then being able to trot back out three plays later, I thought that was super, super impressive by him and Trey Benson. What, what a game, you know, had a, had a slow start. You had that 11 yard tackle for loss and, he, he just kind of turned things around there uh, throughout the middle part of that game. And you could just find him getting into that groove that you see Trey Benson find, which can sometimes be a dominant factor that not a lot of defenses in the country can stop when you have that caliber of size and speed. And Benson showed that tonight uh, and had three touchdowns for the Florida State Seminoles. He started off bad. I mean, that first carry where he was just bouncing back and forth between getting hit, running backwards, get hit, run backwards again. His first two carries, he had negative 15 yards. His next 17 carries, 110 yards and three touchdowns. You know, just a huge bounce back from Benson, the way he started that game, just missing holes. You know, there was definitely some holes that the offensive line was creating, and, and Florida State, or really Trey Benson wasn't taking advantage of it. 
but Norvell stuck with him and it paid off. He was so physical down there at the end and Florida simply couldn't get him on the ground when they needed to. And coming into this game, you know, we talked about the skill players around Tate Rodemaker having to step up. And while it wasn't pretty for Benson earlier, early, he got going. The offensive line had some really good moments in that second half. The receivers stepped up. So, I mean, really, you know, it was very first four drives of the game. But as they settled down, kind of got this crowd quieted a little bit, they finally started to have some success and sparked them there in that second half with that long touchdown drive late in the second quarter. Rodemaker's throw to Ja'Kai Douglas there on that third down was about everything Florida State needed to be able to come in here and beat the Gators. Uh, Ja'Kai Douglas, big-time, big-time playmaker there for Florida State. Uh, much needed. And then you look, too, around around the around the field, you know, they, they tried going to Tate Rodemaker – or Tate Rodemaker – tried to go to Johnny Wilson quite a bit with Rodemaker. And, you know, the two couldn't connect for the for – quite a bit of plays going downfield. And I think a lot of those two were hoping to draw some uh, pass interferences, which they did. They were successful on that. Um, but that, that Ja'Kai Douglas third down conversion was uh, massive. It's a massive oh. throw from Tate just for confidence's sake. You know, a lot of his throws that he was making were either wide open or they just weren't really connected. There's some mistiming. That was a perfect throw, you know, right on the money with some heat and Ja'Kai hung onto it. Everyone kind of thought, you know, Keon's going to be key. Johnny Wilson's going to make big plays, and, and Johnny Wilson absolutely did. But there's arguably no bigger play in the game than that Ja'Kai Douglas slant on third down. It was just a huge, huge clutch play for Florida State. And I would like to correct both of you guys. It was actually a fourth down catch for a conversion uh, there to keep oh, Florida yeah, State's sorry. drive alive. I mean, it was a huge play in a moment where Florida State needed it and, you know, eventually went down and ended up kicking the field goal on that drive for the go-ahead score. And Seminoles defense did enough there in this in the fourth quarter. I mean, Patrick Payton, Jared Verse, all over it to uh, get that ball back and, and Florida State ices it with that Trey Benson touchdown. Yeah, Verse finished with two and a half sacks, three tackles for loss, two other quarterback hits and a forced fumble. He was absolutely bullying Florida's left tackle there down the stretch. Patrick Payne was doing great coming off the edge on the other side. As you mentioned earlier, Fisk was great in the first half. It's what we've been waiting to see from this from this defensive line. And while they were getting gashed occasionally on run plays, especially when Florida would motion someone, they really stepped it up there in that fourth quarter. Um, I want to say they didn't allow a single yard, or they didn't, they didn't allow a single play that went for a positive yard in the fourth quarter. I believe Florida had 50 penalty yards. And there was something else crazy where they just absolutely dominated that fourth quarter. And, and after that spit, that Florida players <laughs> had, it was 24 to three. Like that, mm -hmm. it definitely ignited something in the team. You can't doubt anything about that. Oh, you could tell when Conjay Drones got spat on. And that was a big, that was a big spit coming out of that player's mouth. But it, it ignited that whole offense, pissed off the offensive line. A lot of big plays were made. And, a lot of Florida State to go down there and score, which was much needed. I think that was just maybe the biggest uh, momentum turnaround uh, that we saw. One of the biggest ones throughout uh, the game of the entire night between Florida State and the Gators. Let's go over to, you know, looking at Tate Rodemaker on the night. Nothing was beautiful about it. There were some times where, yeah, you're going you're gonna to go through these pressures and you're not going to know sometimes of understanding where maybe some of your wide receivers are downfield. And you can tell that a little – a couple things here and there were off, some some late throws and 
uh, behind some of the receivers, but still, nonetheless, I thought him just as composed as he could be in this environment was really impressive. And he led down some big drives for Florida State tonight. And, you know, Trey Benson giving a lot of praise to him in the press conference, uh, just saying that's their guy. And, you know, they continued to really press on doing it for Jordan Travis. We heard from Mike Norrell after the game saying uh, just actually last Saturday after the North Alabama game and Mike Norvell went to go visit Jordan Travis in the hospital, he said that, uh, Jordan Travis told Mike that he was going to be in Gainesville no matter what. And sure enough, Jordan Travis was here on the sideline during pregame warmups and then eventually during the game was up and uh, up in the box. But just the whole team overall that we talked to after the game said it was it meant a whole, t- whole ton to have JT there on the sideline pregame throughout the game and then also too and the postgame locker room celebration where they broke the rock where Trey Benson and Rodemaker got a stab at it. Yeah, I mean, Rodemaker wasn't perfect, but, you know, some of it was also his receivers. I thought Keon let him down a couple times. There was that play in the first half where it hit Keon in the hands. And, yeah, the timing was late, but you need you need your star wide receiver to make that play and extend the drive. There was a drop touchdown by Keon. Granted, it was high, but it was catchable. Um, then in the second half, I, I thought that was about what you could expect from Tate Rodemaker in this game. He was never going to light the world on fire, but he was going to make the plays that win. And, you know, the first play that came to mind after that Ja'Kai slant pass was the one to Johnny Wilson down to the two-yard line, just rolling to the left, absolutely beautiful throw with the anticipation, and Johnny made a great catch to come down with it and, and not bobble it as he goes to the ground. He did exactly what Florida State needed to win this game. He may have to be a little bit better next week against Louisville, but granted, they just lost to Devin Leary in Kentucky, so maybe that's not true at all. Yeah, Florida State didn't need Rodemaker to come out here and light it up on the scoreboard. They need to come out here, be himself, manage this game, and get out of Gainesville with a victory. And, you know, he looked a little bit rattled in that first half. I think the entire Florida State team really looked rattled as uh, Florida built some serious momentum. And I mean, it didn't didn't look pretty. Those first four drives, you know, just 10 total yards. But then, you know, like you guys said, I thought that that penalty on Florida in the second quarter, the, the spitting penalty, which, I mean, God, that's just despicable. Um, that was a huge turning point in this game, and it just fired up not only Florida State's offense, but, I mean, the entire team. And, you know, from there, they really just kind of beat down the Gators um, physically. And Tate Rodemaker, you know, there were some decisions where, you know, he was a hair too late. He's going to have to continue to improve, go back, watch the film, and, you know, have a good week of practice as Florida State prepares for this ACC championship. But he is absolutely good enough to lead this team to a win over Louisville and to get Florida State in that top four and into the playoffs. And, and honestly, the biggest thing for me with Rodemaker was just don't turn it over. And yeah, right. he had he had the safety, but no fumbles, no interceptions. I don't I don't care how you get to that. That's fine by me in, in the swamp. That, that's something you come away with a positive with. Yeah, and no, I was I, honestly impressed. You know that blindside blitz I had in the fourth quarter where yeah. Rodemaker ended up getting sacked. That he was able to hold on to that and not fumble. That was crazy. I thought for sure that ball was potentially coming out, but he he's whew, that was that was that was close there. Um, but you, you could tell too, just coming off of the field. You know, I was going back to the safety there, and I think a lot of Florida State fans were in the same um, same boat there. You thought, oh no. You know, this team is going to get shook here in the swamp, way, way too of a rowdy stadium for a backup quarterback and way too long of a week that they had to go through emotional roller coaster that they did. But it's just it's incredible to see what this coaching staff, Mike Norvell, has been able to do to build such a, you know, big belief 
and what they're going to be able to accomplish on the field going through adversity. It's really, really impressive. And you, you just go back, man, to, to three years ago, four years ago, this team looks nothing like this. And if they, they would have wavered in so many ways in a situation like this, just a lot of maturity, a lot of transfers that came in that believed in the process at Mike Norvell wanted to build here. And like Mike Norvell said, after the game, you know, this is, it took us a long, it took us a good long while to reach that 12 and 0. And it's been a, it's been a rough, rough journey, but they're here. And, you know, just, just getting down here to stay undefeated on the season. Gentlemen, 12 and 0. Undefeated for us as well on our, our, uh, on our uh, game predictions at the very beginning of the season. So congratulations to everyone here. Also, Dustin getting the closest score outside of uh, out of the entire FSU beat up. Number two over here, though. Number two, so I got to get my recognition. But overall, gentlemen, just a wild, a wild night. But you know, just the last couple of weeks have been a whirlwind for this program. We, we got to get the, to the defense. I mean, that's yeah. the second half allowing just three points, forty-eight total yards. I want to say they had four sacks. It just absolutely dominated in that second half, completely stifled Max Brown. Montreal Johnson was clearly dealing with some injuries as Trevor Etienne went out early in the game, and Montreal just wasn't 100%, and you could tell. But so Florida State's defense did what they needed to do to win. And sneaky player of the game, Florida kicker Trace Mack, missing two field goals, came into the game missing two all season, missed two in the first half. That was as big as anything. You know, if, if he hits both of those kicks and it's – 21 to 7 at halftime that's a much different ball game but they had they they uh they hunt in there Florida State's defense did what they did what they've done all season long and just dominated in the second half and that's what this team has become yeah the missed field goals were absolutely huge and then also the the way the defense performed um after Tate Rodemaker was sacked for that safety and it got punted back to Florida Mm -hmm. in very good field position defense uh forced them backwards and actually made them end up punting on that drive. So some huge sequences there to kind of keep the score close going into the break. And then, I mean, just once again, it's the resiliency of this Florida State team that's just so impressive. I mean, they just have a tendency, you know, whenever the going gets tough, they never let go of that rope. You know, those guys keep holding on there, whether it's 12 nothing or or whatever. And we've seen it time and a time again this season. Um, tonight was the fourth time that Florida State has trailed by double digits in a game and four times they've come back for the victory. And I mean, man, it just says so much about Mike Norvell and the culture that they've been able to instill at Florida State for these guys. No matter how tough it is, they're going to keep fighting. And they know whenever it gets to the fourth quarter, they're going to give themselves a chance to pull it out. And that's what they did tonight to move to 12-0 and and to beat Florida and Gainesville for the first time since 2017. And that's that second missed kick was the first time I've seen an ice kick timeout work in years. So there was, there's so many little small plays where it could have gone either way, and they went Florida State's way, and Florida State's 12-0 and heading into Charlotte. Yep, as we saw today, too, across the college football world, insanity, insanity. And it, it's rivalry weekend. This is how it is, and you come into this kind of establishment and get away with the win with your backup quarterback second start. And also, too, you look at UF and, and Max Brown, you you know, Florida State's defensive line in the trenches was able to get back there and cause havoc. And for the most part, you know, you look at the offensive line for Florida State, we gave them some critiques last week 
Um, and it just didn't feel like, you know, guys were fully healthy and such, and you could still see Maurice Smith out there banged up. But that man has some heart for continuing to stay out there on the field. Dustin, you and I were pointing at it up there in the press box. Maurice Smith has some crazy heart on him. Um, and he's been dealing with that injury all throughout the season. And there's a lot of players like Maurice Smith, but this guy needs to get more credit and he deserves a lot more. Um, he just goes play by play no matter what. And, you know, you know, he's fighting out there for his quarterback with Jordan Travis. Yeah, I can't believe it. He's he's not close to 100 percent. And, you know, Maurice has been playing through injuries throughout the whole season. You think back to that comeback victory against Duke, uh, Jordan Travis spoke after the game and said, Marie Smith was hurting in that huddle, but they all rallied together and said, one more drive, you know, finish right here. And they went out and made that comeback victory against Duke. And, you know, you've just seen it over the last couple of weeks. He's just in there grinding. And, and obviously Florida State, they need him in that, at that center spot because, you know, if Robert Scott was healthy, we all know Darius Washington would have gotten flexed to the center. They would have moved Scott in at left tackle. He was dressed tonight, but once again, I don't believe ended up playing a snap for the third consecutive game. So Florida State needed Marie Smith fighting in there through that injury and, you know, like you said, like we kind of pointed out, and I was like, I don't know if he's going to be able to gut it out. But, I mean, credit to him. He did. He kept fighting, and this whole team kept fighting to get that win uh, for Jordan Travis. There were times where Mo was left one-on-one with big-ass number 21, 440-pounder. <laughs> I'm like, why are we doing leaving Mo one-on-one with a 160-pound difference? And for the most part, he did okay. He got beat once or twice, but, you know, it's going to happen on the offensive line. Really, the, the offensive line struggled for the majority of the first half. In the second half, they were creating those running holes that we weren't seeing in the first half. And, and Trey Benson was able to, to wiggle through them, and especially on that last, that last touchdown run, how he was able to wiggle through that hole and, and somehow score a touchdown of that is insane to me. But that's why you go get a Trey Benson. That's why you go get you some big old offensive linemen, and a win's a win. Trey, Trey Benson is Trey Benson. You know, it's going to be super fun. You know, still got got a lot more play with Benson, but appreciate the last little couple games, though, that you have. You're going to be watching him a lot on Sundays, but uh, th- this kid is special, um, and he's someone that just looking at some NFL scouts, execs, running backs, coaches, they're kind of licking their chops at what they could do with this kid who has a power – of such a big, big, big back, which he is, but he has that speed that I think a lot of DBs and linebackers just get hurt on their angles and underestimate him. And sure enough, he, he turns into a Gator Slayer. Man, that touchdown down the left sideline uh, to get Florida Huge. State up on the board for the first time in this game felt a lot Dalvin Cook-esque. And sure enough, a Florida State running back just knows what to do against a Florida defense. Yeah, Trey Benson, he just – He's he just finds a way to make a big. Go ahead, Austin. Go ahead. I'm just. I'm Go saying ahead. he's gonna. He's gonna have an outside chance at a thousand yards. I mean, he's at seven forty three right now. If Florida State plays three games by by getting to the championship, he could get there. Yeah, I was just gonna say Trey Benson. He finds his way to be at his best in these rivalry games. Last year, you think back to Florida State, Florida, and Tallahassee. Trey Benson goes for uh, over 110 yards and three touchdowns, and then tonight. You know, with some of those runs that he had where he was stopped for a loss, I think it's crazy that he was able to get back to that 90-yard mark and obviously three more touchdowns in his career against the Gators. So, you know, assuming Trey Benson, this is his final time playing Florida in his career, I mean, he's going to end it with two hundred, about 200 rushing yards and six total touchdowns against the Gators in eight quarters. I mean, what a performance. That sounds pretty good. It's not bad. That's pretty good. <laughs> Average. 
not not too shabby. Um, but I know we got to get on the road and get back home. Uh, definitely not staying here in Hogtown. I'd rather vomit oh, on no. myself. Um, but let's let, let's jump real quick into next week in a mix of what happened today all across college football world. A crazy one, Alabama. Auburn looked like Alabama wanted to blow it there. And sure enough, Alabama pulls it off with a crazy touchdown with 30-something seconds left, Milrow. Un- unbelievable. And then Washington stays alive. They're going to stay on to that four spot. But then looking around, too, Georgia held on, and they did what they needed to do. Louisville, though, going into next week, they lost to Kentucky. How are you all feeling about after this game and going into facing the Louisville Cardinals after we got to watch a full game of them against the Wildcats? It's rivalry week. I think this is kind of how a lot of college football fans expect this week to go, you know, closer than expected games. That's what we've got here in Gainesville and obviously across the country. Sucks for Florida State for Louisville to take that loss to unranked Kentucky. I'm going to drop down from that number nine spot. I would I would guess probably to about the 15 range or, or so. But, you know, moving into this matchup, still a chance for Florida State to get a quality win ahead of the last uh, – the final college football playoff rankings, hopefully getting to that top four. Um, we'll see what the committee decides to do now with um, Ohio State after losing that game to Michigan. Are they going to remain in the top four somehow with only a six-point margin? Are they going to drop to – Five, or are they going to drop to six and maybe get hopped by Oregon? So it's going to be really interesting, uh, not only when the AP poll comes out on Sunday afternoon, but also these latest college football playoff rankings because I think that they could go a lot of different ways when you look at Washington winning close as well. Yeah, just a ton of close games everywhere, just all across the country. Georgia only wins by one score over Georgia Tech. Iowa State upset Kansas State. Um, Clemson, South Carolina was pretty low scoring. Washington needed a last-second field goal to beat Washington State. Oklahoma State needed double overtime to beat BYU. That Alabama-Auburn play was one of the craziest plays I've seen in my lifetime. Fourth and 31, and you're going to allow a touchdown with 30 seconds left? They're going to run me over. Unbelievable. I hope so. Um, Just a crazy, crazy weekend. And somehow, most of all the top teams remain unscathed. Uh, Obviously, someone had to lose the Ohio State-Michigan game, like I've been saying for what feels like months now. And then, of course, Louisville had to be the one that in that top 10 that, that gets upset. But again, as long as Florida State takes care of business and wins next weekend, there's no way the committee is going to leave an undefeated Power 5 conference champion out of the playoffs. And you can make the argument, does Florida State look like one of the four best teams in college football right now? Probably not. But they might be an undefeated conference champion. That's, that's going to matter. That uh, four-hour college football playoff rankings, uh, that, that, that better not be this upcoming Tuesday night, right? <laughs> I won't be watching. They'll, they'll probably start. They might even trim it up. They might go up to, like, top 30, and then we're going to drop it down. And then we're going to ravel around to number one, number two. <laughs> yeah. Now, there's going to be a lot of chatter after this weekend. I mean, it's rivalry weekend. You're going to get the best shot from – from your rival on the field. And sure enough, yeah, at least here in Gainesville, Florida brought as much as they possibly could. But, you know, Florida State's defensive uh, defensive side. And, you know, I got to give some credit to Adam Fuller as well on this season. A lot of people give him a, a lot of uh, a lot of not-so-fun words. And that, it's understandable the early part of his career at Florida State. But what, he, what he's been able to put together defensively while bringing in transfers – and guys coming in to start for their first season, 
and getting out like a guy like Braden Fisk, he just has been able to adjust very well, primarily in those second halves. And that's exactly what you need from a Florida State football uh, team to keep now this offense that's a little hindered with not having Jordan Travis out there uh, to keep Florida State in, in these games and moving forward. And, you know, Adam Fuller is going to be a really key component uh, going into this ACC championship against Louisville. They've been huge with the second half adjustments all year. All year. I mean, you think back to the LSU game with LSU trailing 17 to 14 at halftime. You know, the Clemson game. Uh, tonight, Miami, Duke. Um, whenever the second half starts, I, I don't know what it is about that defense, but they pick up their level of play and they really help out the offense. Um, to only allow three points in those final two quarters after some of the plays that Florida was able to make in that first half, I think it just goes to show – um, you know, what Adam Fuller and this defensive staff are able to do adjustment-wise, it's been really impressive all year. And, and once again, the pass defense was just elite. Ha- holding Ricky Pearsall to one catch for 17 yards. And, and it was Jackson, a tough catch. It was a tough catch. AZ I honestly could have had a pick there. Yeah. Wil- Wilson only had three catches for 36 yards. Jackson only had one catch for 10 yards. I mean, I don't, I don't care that you're playing a backup true freshman quarterback. Those are some talented wide receivers, and the whole, the whole, I don't think Pearsall had even more than four targets. Yeah, two targets on the night. That They had him strapped up like they did Restrepo two weeks ago. Uh, just just an unbelievable job by this by this defense, especially in that second half, like I was saying earlier. Also, Florida was 5-2 and two and lost five straight and will miss a bowl game. Y'all suck. It's pretty impressive, isn't it? I, that's one word for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Gators are not going bowling with Billy Napier, Mike Norbell. Crush those dreams here. And a swamp. Get the revenge ends in on this the Gators. dirty swamp. Sure does. It doesn't smell good here either at all. I think our guy Tommy's he's about to pass out. Someone help him. But, yeah, I think that's going to wrap it up, though, guys. Um, we'll be back here, too on Wednesday evening to preview the ACC championship between Florida State and Louisville. We're going to shoot for 7 o'clock on that one unless anything crazy changes. But going to go back to our regular time at 7. Hope everybody can be there with us for that. We're going to have also our instant reaction next Saturday after the game in Charlotte. So make sure you guys are subscribed on our YouTube. Also, if you're on Facebook, uh, Twitter, hit that like button, share with your friends. Appreciate everybody coming on here to hang out with us all throughout this whole regular season. Not done yet, but uh, Florida State staying undefeated 12-0. and First game in Gainesville with a win since 2017, and they did it without Jordan Travis. Tate Rodemaker comes into the swamp and leaves with the Gator head. Everybody, have a great rest of y'all's evening or morning now. And uh, we'll talk to you guys on Wednesday at 7 p.m. Peace.